highest of heights to the depths of the so verse 3, back in our text, is, and, and Ahithophel said, Then I will bring back, after I've struck David, and this was his plan, then I will bring back all the people to you, Absalom, and when all return, except the man whom you seek, meaning David, all the people will be at peace. I find it interesting, too, that this military campaign is coming from Ahithophel instead of Absalom. Ahithophel would be one of those men that I think Absalom would need to keep an eye on. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Ahithophel's plan against David was smart. It was bold and had a high probability of success and it would spare Israel a protracted civil war against the supporters of David and the supporters of Absalom. We know from the scriptures that Ahithophel was not only a prior advisor to David, but some believe he was also the grandfather to Bathsheba, who David had an adulterous affair with. This may have been the driving force of his treasonous actions against David. Now let's join Pastor Rob. You know it all together. I just love that. For the unbeliever, that's frightening. And even for me, it can be a little frightening at times. But I also find that very fascinating, that God knows what's coming. And he's told us enough. He's told us enough in his word, prophesying in advance, telling us he's a good shepherd. He goes before us. And here he is. He's telling David and Nathan, this is what's going to happen. And it came to pass very literally And Absalom wasn't fulfilling some script. He didn't get the script. David didn't go to him and say, oh, by the way, Absalom, i got to tell you something. Uh, The Lord spoke to me, and he told me that you were going to do this, so um, make sure that you do it. No, none of that nonsense. Absalom was completely bent on his own selfish desires, selfish ways. This was something that David and Nathan knew, and maybe a few others, if any. And to me, this is just... The proof text of God's greatness. The proof text. This happened also again in history going forward now in time. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there was a king of Syria at the time when Elisha the prophet was alive. And um, Syria's military plans were being revealed to the king of Israel because they were enemies, Syria and Israel. And God was revealing to Elisha the prophet the king of Syria's battle plans. And so much so that the king of Syria began to get furious. And he's, he said this in verse 11 of Second Kings chapter 6. He says, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing because everything that he did, it seemed like the Israel knew about it. And, so, and he called his servants and he said to them, Will you not show me which one of you is for the king of Israel? Which one of you is the mole? And I'm sure nobody wanted to go, Oh, that was me. Sorry about that. I, 
he paid me a lot more and off with his head, right? Nobody would stand for because nobody did. But notice, and one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, he tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Like when you were standing before the mirror going, Boy, I used to be much thinner when I was in my 20s. And now look at you. You got that little pot belly, you know, Mr. King of Syria. Elisha knows all about it, you know, because God is telling him, right? So our words, our thoughts, they're not hidden from God. He knows them all. He knows them all. What a wonderful thing of God. And again, it's interesting that the two men, Absalom and Ahithophel, who came against David, we're going to see that they are ultimately the ones whose lives were taken, and yet David lived. Although he deserved death, he was, God had chosen him, and God was going to preserve him as he will you. And not only that, but David deserved death because of what he did, but God forgave him, and David repented, and he truly changed. But now he's truly living out the consequences. He's truly living out the consequences. Don't be afraid of consequences. And don't let your consequences continually pound you into the ground. Okay? You have to understand that. There are consequences for sin, for bad choices. Ask God to forgive you when you know. And then when the consequences come, don't think that God has somehow not, all of a sudden, he changed his mind. He doesn't change his mind. If you confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive you. If you do not believe that, trust me, Christians, brothers and sisters, your life is going to be unstable. You're going to be feeling like the love of God is capricious. And one day I feel like I'm loved, the next day I don't feel like I'm loved. Hey, listen, if you live life like that, you're going to be all over the map and you're going to, your life is going to be a mess. And you're not going to even enjoy your walk with Christ. Trust the Scripture and believe what he said Believe it with all of your heart. It honors God when you believe him. It honors him when you take him at his word. When you say, I am going to believe this. Why? Is it because I just feel it? No, it's because he said it. He said it, therefore I believe it, and that settles it. Let it be settled once and for all in your heart and be like a pit bull and just grab onto it and don't let go. Don't let go of that truth, and you will be blessed. Even when consequences come afterward, you will know you're forgiven. And some of us need to hear that because, myself included, I can get down in the, in the, in the depths. <laughs> I can get discouraged. I could have a really bad day. I could have a series of bad days. I could have a bad week and think, man, God has just left me. And I know people like that where they're, they're so prone to that and they trust their feelings more than they trust the Word of God. Listen, when you're down and you're feeling like nothing, that's the best time to read those promises again and say, Lord, I know that you've forgiven me, so you're not rubbing my nose in this because I deserve it. You have taken it, and your blood has covered this. Say it out loud if you have to, and believe it because it is true, and you can count on it. So let's look at verse 1 in chapter 17. So moreover, Ahithophel, he said to Absalom, now let me choose. Notice who's speaking here. It's not Absalom, it's Ahithophel. He says, now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise, and I'll pursue David tonight. I will come upon him when he is weary and weak, when he's walking out there in the, in the, in the Judean wilderness on his way down to the Jordan Valley. I'll come upon him when he's weary and weak. I'll make him afraid, and all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. Only him. We don't care about anybody else. 
There is a surgical hit. There is a contract out on David. And Ahithophel says, we'll take him out and let everybody else go. Bring them, we'll bring them back, and I'll strike only the king. And again, if Ahithophel is truly Bathsheba's grandfather, and we believe he is, he had a great motive for seeing David not only deposed from his king, his, his, his rule, but even killed. And even though God had forgiven him, uh, Ahithophel evidently had not. Isn't that interesting? God can forgive you, but people will not. God has forgiven you of things, and there are people in your life that still have not forgiven you. And you know what? That's their loss. Hopefully their hearts will change. Happy is the people who have squabbles with each other and they forgive each other, especially when the offending party knows that God has forgiven them. And be gracious with one another, especially when somebody's hurt you so badly. Receive the forgiveness when they ask for it. And even try to be a peacemaker and try to create an atmosphere where that can happen. Because that person is living in a dungeon all the time that they are hating you and all the time that they are unforgiving you. They are in the prison. You're set free, but they're still in the prison. That's the way it happens. So Ahithophel had every, every reason, but he was spiteful, he was angry, and he had, every, he had earthly reason to want to kill David. But notice what it says in Ephesians. This is good for us to remember too. In Ephesians 4.26, it says this. Be angry. Be angry. <laughs> Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Before the day ends, if, there, if there's somebody who's really made you mad, go to that person and try and get it right. If somebody's been angry with you, try to go to them and, 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 and reconcile the best you can before, you head, before your head hits the pillow, if it's possible. But be a, a part of that. And let all bitterness, it tells us in verse 31 of Ephesians 4, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. See, had Ahithophel done that, he would have been in a much different place. He probably would have been with David as they crossed over the Jordan. Ahithophel could have came to David and said, you know what, David? I've been your counselor for all these years, and you have given me great opportunity and you've given me a great life, and I am so thankful, but I, I am so angry with you. I am so angry with you, David, that I could kill you if I had the opportunity, but would you please, would you please forgive me? God, would you please forgive me? And David, second, secondly, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me for my anger and my hatred? I'm so sorry. I know I have reason to, and, and David, I'm sure, would be like, oh, Hithophel. And he would probably embrace the man and say, you know what, I know I've done wrong to your daughter. I know what I did was wrong. And if I could bring, if I could undo the whole thing, I would. Join me for a, a dinner. Let's sit down and have tea together. Let's sit down and talk about it and cry and weep over it and be done with it. Oh, think of how things would be different in this world if people did that. But now, they get on Facebook. They get on Twitter. And they let the whole world see their dirty laundry, but they never go to the person and just say, you know what, I, I'm sorry. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, especially husbands and wives. If you're angry, settle it before your head hits the pillow. 
So verse 3, back in our text, is, and, and Ahithophel said, Then I will bring back, after I've struck David, and this was his plan, then I will bring back all the people to you, Absalom, and when all return, except the man whom you seek, meaning David, all the people will be at peace. I find it interesting, too, that this military campaign is coming from Ahithophel instead of Absalom. Ahithophel would be one of those men that I think Absalom would need to keep an eye on especially if his dirty deed that he wanted to propose actually was done and was successful. Now you'd have two people on the throne, or one competing maybe for the throne. You just never know about these things. But of course, it was not successful. And the funny thing is, is as we're going to see Hushai's counsel coming up, when you compare the two of them, and there's a reason why Hushai gave counsel to Absalom the way he did, Ahithophel's plan was actually much better in the natural. There'd be less collateral damage. Only David would have died, and they would have caught him probably when he was at his weakness. But Hushai, being a friend of David, knew that fact. And so he hatches a plan of his own, and he does it really interestingly. Uh, It says, "And and the saying pleased Absalom, notice, and all the elders of Israel. And then Absalom said, now call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear what he has to say too. Remember, Absalom is already suspicious of him because he was David's friend. And what is he doing now in my administration? Hushai, what are you doing here? That, that, that's, the, that, that's the feeling that Absalom has. You are a best friend of David. You, you're the worst turncoat of all. You claim to be his best friend. You should be crossing the Jordan with him. And what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And Hushai is amazing. This is perhaps the greatest test for Hushai because Absalom, again, was suspicious of him. Hushai's counsel may have been his last if it weren't so grand in scope and appealed to Absalom's lust for power and revenge, if it didn't appeal to his lower nature, which is all he was operating in. And it was destined to be agreed upon because it was even more forceful and grand than Ahithophel's ever was. Ahithophel's plan was good in the natural. Oh, but it was so wicked. But notice what happens now. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him and said, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. What shall we do? Shall we do as he says? If not, speak up. This is his plan. What do you think about that, Hushai? Should we go out and take 12,000 men and catch David when he's at his weakest and, and get him alone and bring everybody back? So Hushai said to Absalom, the advice that Ahithophel was, has given, excuse me, the advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. Notice that he didn't say it was bad, just that it wasn't good at this time. Hushai here is being a very cunning diplomat and a very wise man because he's got to appease Absalom's suspicion and he's got to gain the approval of all the elders of Israel who are all there with him. And so he comes up with an even more interesting plan and it's going to fall right into Absalom's weakest point, his lesser nature. It's going to hit right in the pocket and he's going to be, he can't refuse it because Hushai knew in Absalom's heart that's all he wanted was for blood and revenge, and he wanted it. He knew exactly what to say, 
And may I say to you that God, I believe, gave Hushai this candor with Absalom and these words, even though it's going to sound much, much more horrible than Ahithophel's plan, it's going to give David a lot of time. And that's something that was deadly for David to have against his enemy is time to strengthen himself and get his army together. And we're going to see that. So, verse 8, verse set 4, said Hushai, You know your father and his, might, his men, that they are mighty men, and they are enraged in their minds like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war. And he was. David was renowned. David, you know, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. That's what the women used to sing about him. Oh, yeah, and that made Saul really happy. Like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field, and your father is a man of war and will not camp with the people. And surely by now he is hidden in some pit or in some other place. And it will be when some of them are overthrown at the first, meaning some of Absalom's men, the men of uh, these 12,000 men, that whoever hears it will say, there is a great slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore I I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you, not just 12,000, but hundreds of thousands. Gather them all together to you from Dan, which is in the north, to Beersheba in the south, like the sand that is by the sea for multitude, and that you go to battle in person. And so we will come upon him in some place where he may be found, and we will fall on him as the dew falls on the ground. And of him and all the men who are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. (laughs) So Ahithophel was not only going to kill David and bring back Absalom or bring back to Absalom everybody from Jerusalem but now Hushai gives a plan that not only will David die but everyone who is with him and the plan was too much for Absalom to refuse it just hit him right in the sweet spot he's like oh I would have paid for that counsel I just man this guy Hushai he is one of, he's one of my guys now he knows right where I'm at. He's, he's, he's caught the, the, the passion. He's caught everything, the anger that I've got. He, he's speaking. It's like he's speaking right. It's like speaking from, it's like God speaking to me. The plan was too much for him to refuse. More bloodshed, a bigger spectacle. It was well suited for Absalom's ego. Moreover, verse 13, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city, and we will pull it into the river until there is not one stone found again. And again, Hushai's advice, much larger, more aggressive, bigger bloodshed than Ahithophel's device. And it was a sure success. Ahithophel's plan might not work because David is a mighty man and his men are valiant. And even with 12,000, David could probably take him, him and his men. But now this plan sounds impregnable. It sounds successful. They would overwhelm them and fall upon them like the dew. It was too irresistible for Absalom to refuse. And by David's friend, Hushai, making this plan, it would give David and those with him enough time to retreat, to get, to get fed, to get... Uh, rest, a safer location, and form his battle plan from there. And that's one thing you don't want your enemy to do is to give them time to recuperate 
and give them time to amass an army. And that's exactly what this plan did. And that's why Hushai brought it to pass. And yet it sounded like the worst plan. And it really was if it actually happened. But Hushai knew that once David crossed that, crossed that river, that he would get men come, coming to his side And David was an excellent strategist when it comes to military. God spoke to him on a number of occasions with the Philistines. No two plans seemed to be the same, and and, and God knew because God had placed him there. God still had a plan for David's life. And when that man is being ordained by God, there is no man on earth who can outwit him and remove him from the place that God has placed him. It's a fool's errand. It's futile to do this. Any man should know that when God has called a man, you better leave that man alone and let him do what God has told him to do, or you will suffer. You will suffer untold miseries, freakish miseries. And even God says this, that I am going to bring tragedy, destruction upon Absalom. That's God's words. In fact, look in verse, uh, actually, we're going to get there. Right now, actually. Verse 14. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai the archite is better than the advice of Ahithophel. And Ahithophel is going, oh my goodness. I've been the big cheese all this time. I've been the guy. Everybody's paying me, you know. They're sending me money through PayPal. And I got this, I'm I'm doing so well. And the bank account's full. And I've got this great reputation. and, And now this other guy, he's coming along and, I am kind of getting old and starting to lose a little hair on the top. And I just don't know. I don't think I got the mojo anymore. I'm done. And God's like, yes. Because you didn't follow me, because you still raged in your heart, when I forgave David, you are still hating him and plotting his assassination. Well, guess what, Ahithophel? You will be dead, and David will live. Notice, so Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai the archite is better than the advice of Ahithophel. Notice, and underline this in your Bible, this is huge. For the Lord had purpose to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel. It was actually pretty good. When you compare the two plans, one was surgical, only took out one man. The other one obliterated everybody. It was actually a good plan. But God overthrew his plan. And why did he do it? It tells us right here. For the Lord had purpose to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel. Why? To the intent that the Lord might bring disaster upon Absalom. That was the plan that God had, even though Ahithophel had a different plan. God's go, I've got a plan. And unfortunately, the one who listened to that plan, it was all because of his bloodlust and his ego that he fell for Hushai's plan much bigger, bloodier, more spectacle. It would be on the front page of every newspaper. Everybody would get it to their inbox. So the Lord here in the second half of this verse, he answers David's prayers, David's prayer. Right in the margin of your Bible, 15, verse, uh, 15 colon 31, because that's in, the, in, this, in this book, in 2 Samuel, chapter 15, 31, notice the prayer of David, because back in that, in that chapter, if you remember, we were there not too long ago, someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom, and David said, and here's his prayer, O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. 
I'm sorry, that concludes our program for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.